wait a minute. Did the best Jurassic Park film since the first one, like all the way back, like Jurassic Park, just come out for free on YouTube? And it's official and real? Okay, I usually don't give you homework this early in the episode, but if you haven't seen it, seen The Battle at Big Rock yet, it's free, it's on YouTube, and I will put a link to it on the show notes because it's only eight and a half minutes long. So if you're averse to spoilers, there's so little, you know, not a lot happens and it will be very easy to spoil. So you may want to watch it before you listen to this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. Especially if you're listening to my new book, Crucify My Love. Listening to. Reading. <laughs> Sorry. I have a lot going on in my brain because there are dinosaurs running around in there and I'm getting world building done. And did you notice I uh, published over at World Anvil some stuff? Yeah, it, it's starting. So just search for Our Solemn Hour over there and you'll find what I'm doing. Okay, I... I don't know how much of the events of the short film Battle at Big Rock I'm going to be talking about on this episode, but as I said in the intro, if you are adverse to spoilers, it's it's eight and a half minutes long. You may want to watch it before you listen, because I haven't been this excited about a Jurassic Park film since Jurassic Park. All right, so before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people to listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we get to talk to each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. All right, so let's just get down to it. This, I, I really do believe that The Battle of the Big Rock is the best Jurassic Park film that has come out since the first Jurassic Park. And I'm including I'm including The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Like, don't get me wrong. I am a sucker for giant monster critter does things. And I'm even more of a sucker for dinosaur plus human things happen. And I do admit that I enjoy Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom or Fallen Empire, whatever it's called, the second one, <laughs> for reasons that I can't explain. They, like, they hit little parts of my reptile brain just right. That little child in me that just likes dinosaurs. And so, yeah. And both of them are better than Jurassic Park 2 and 3. So, you know, if we're doing that horrible thing of ranking a franchise, you know, since since we're in the middle of that, they would be the number three and four. So, yeah. So why is Battle at Big Rock so good? 
It's because they remembered what genre they're supposed to be telling stories in. See, this is a big problem, especially with a lot of the reboots and the reimaginings and the long, long, long overdue sequels that are coming out lately. They forget what the movies were. See, Jurassic Park did this immediately. After the first Jurassic Park movie, they kind of forgot what kind of a movie they were. And that's why Jurassic Park 2 and 3 were eh, what they were. I mean, there's a talking raptor in Jurassic Park 3. I get it. It's a nightmare. But it it still should never have happened. Like, somebody should have vetoed that before they paid the money for the animatronic puppet. I mean, it just... No, that, 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 no. Whoever thought that was a good idea, that, that, no, 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 no. Bad. So, what is the proper genre? Jurassic Park, despite what anybody wants to say, is a horror film. It's a classic horror film. It hits all the buttons. In fact, if you want to use Blake Snyder's genres, which I like very, very much, it's a monster in the house film. There's a monster. It's called a T-Rex. It's in the house, which is Jurassic Park. You know, the island. And the sin is that it was created. And they have to get off the island and survive. It's a classic monster in the house story. It's a classic horror story. Just watch how it's filmed. It's just like any haunted house film you'll ever see. Oh, look at this place. Isn't it so beautiful? Isn't it so wonderful? Oh, we're going to have such a wonderful life here. Until one fateful evening when things start going wrong. And like in all classic horror films, it was a dark and stormy night. And then the monsters come out and chase them and stalk them and hunt them. And they have to run and hide and get away. Jurassic Park is not and has never successfully been an action movie. They don't kill the dinosaurs. They don't fight the dinosaurs. They don't ride their motorcycles with while fighting with dinosaurs. No. They survive the dinosaurs. That's the whole point of the movie. They're like mini kaiju films, where a kaiju film, the monster threatens the entire city. These threaten individuals or groups. They threaten the small town, the local area. It, it fits in the same category as Jaws and Orca, Piranha, all of those films, those creature features of old. Which is why, when they decided to do a sequel, they basically did it, did King Kong, but with a T-Rex. Because reasons that I just will never understand, no matter how many times I have them explained to me. Because they forgot their genre. They're a monster in the house film. It's one of the reasons why Jurassic World worked a little bit better than Fallen Kingdom. Because you can see the sin. You can see what they're trying to do. You can see them actually kind of playing around with this idea in the sequel in Fallen Kingdom. But 
both of these forgot that they need to tell the story as a horror film, not as an action movie. See, they wanted to create an action hero franchise because action movies are all the rage. And these are meant to be horror films. And that is what Battle at Big Rock gets right. The atmosphere, the family, the calm scenario, until, in one fateful moment, everything goes wrong. Because that is how you tell a good horror film. Most stories have a basic outline. Most stories have basic elements that need to be repeated from story to story and tale to tale so the story can be what it wants to be. Now, yes, you can change certain elements here, there, and yonder, but for the most part, there are things that need to remain the same for the story to stand up. It's hard to do a haunted house story without a ghost, a haunting, and a house. I mean, you can try, but it doesn't work all that well. And that's the problem with the Jurassic Park films after the first one. And that's the problem with the Jurassic World films. They thought they were action movies, and they're not. And so as they're trying to figure out exactly how to do the things that they're wanting to do, as they're trying to tell their stories in this world that's not designed for them, the stories just don't work. This is one of the reasons why I, I highly recommend people to read Blake Snyder. Whether you adopt any of the principles that he espouses or not, whether you use the beat sheet or not, it doesn't matter. His description of genre is the best one that I've ever seen. And it works consistently. From film to film, from decade to decade, it works. These movies... All movies, all stories, fit into one of his genres. And I'm just so excited. But I don't know if I should be excited. I know they put this movie out to get me amped up for the next Jurassic World movie. I, I understand that. I know its purpose. But see, there was this movie called Prometheus. And it did a lot of short films in the lead up to its release. And unfortunately, they were so much better than the movie itself. And so I'm afraid we are heading down that road towards another disappointment down the line. Let's give the filmmakers the benefit of the doubt, shall we? Let's assume that the reason they released this is because they realized that one of the big problems with the first two Jurassic World movies was tone. That they adopted the wrong tone. They, they told the story in the wrong mode. They made them action films and kind of a spy thriller? Mystery movie? I really don't know what to call Fallen Kingdom. It was different and strange and utterly bizarre. But it wasn't the movie that it intended to be. But it did one wonderful thing. It, it, it did what should have happened after the first Jurassic Park movie. 
it released the dinosaurs into the world where they can be scary in a thousand different ways. What about the rancher whose ranch is now being taunted by raptors? What about the family out camping? And then an Allosaurus appears. See, all of these little things about the interactions between the dinosaurs and the humans are now possible. We're not limited to what is the corporation doing because honestly we don't care. How is the park doing because honestly we don't care. We're set free so that we can explore the world and the implications of having dinosaurs suddenly thrust back into it. There are mosasaurs in South Africa. There are Allosaurs in the United States. Stegosaurs on the road. It's a terrifying idea of what life would be like if we were suddenly faced with having these titanic monsters roaming our cities again. Breeding and spreading. And like any invasive species, once they've established... Oh they're impossible to eradicate and there you go one if you want to do your message film because everybody wants to do a message film nowadays don't they well there's your message film these dinosaurs are the ultimate invasive species and so we can treat them like the cane toads or the great emu war we can do so much with them now that they're set free to roam into the madness of the world and bring their madness into the world. I am hoping that this short film was released so that we would understand that the series was undergoing a tonal shift, that they were going to be doing something different with the next movie going forward. And so they released this one so that we're not shocked when that change happens, when that shift happens, when suddenly the third Jurassic Park film isn't another action movie. I'm hoping that that's what's going on. I don't know for sure that that's what's going on. And unfortunately, we won't know until the next movie actually comes out whether or not that's what's going on. But oh, I can hope. I can hope so much because they did such a good job with us. And now I'm assuming that you've seen it by now because I am going to be talking about it a bit. Because there it is. The horror movie. The family out camping. The baby crying. The Alasaur seeing them and coming to get them. Nothing that happened in this short film should have felt fresh and new. Because Jurassic Park has had a family element since the beginning. Since the very beginning. With the grandpa and the kids. And this has been a recurring theme throughout the series. In fact, Jurassic World brought that back. Fallen Kingdom had that too. But this felt organic in a way that real, really none of them have. Well, I'll take that back. The first one, you can kind of imagine a grandfather believing that everything is safe and secure. 
bringing his grandchildren to the park so that they can see dinosaurs because it's safe and he believes it's safe. But once you get past that, it, it, it becomes a bit contrived or feeling like, oh, they're doing that again when the kids are brought in. But now the dinosaurs are out in the world. They're out in the wild. They're out in nature. And now the threat is real. The danger to the family is real. The danger to the parents and the kids is real. It felt so natural. It felt like the kind of movie we should have been getting all along. That when I first saw the term Jurassic World, I felt like this is where it wanted to go. And you can see the plot of the first film where they, they just didn't want to get there yet. Even though it knew that that's naturally where it was going. And it takes all the way to the very end of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom for them to actually get there. And now, here we are. And hopefully, since we are finally here, since we have finally arrived at the place we've been trying to get to since the end of the first Jurassic Park film, they'll know what to do with it. They won't mess it up. They won't zig now that they finally zagged. And they'll remember to bring those horror elements into the main series. That this isn't a one-off fluke. My biggest fear is that this was the idea that was proposed, and they felt it was good enough to get a short, but not an entire film. And I may or may not agree with that, but you could have fleshed out more characters at the park and had them and the rangers have to cope with the monsters. I mean, we've never seen a camp have to deal with a monster before. What if Jason Voorhees were a raptor? Huh? But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But this is why knowing your genre is so important. And why bringing people in that don't understand those nuances can harm a film. I mean, let's be honest. Who could have made Guardians of the Galaxy other than James Gunn? He understood everything about how that genre film needed to be organized, set up, shot, how that story had to be told. He understood it all. He got it. And he made a brilliant movie. I think you can say the th same thing about the Steven Spielberg in the first Jurassic Park. He understood the wonder and the awe and the terror that needed to be brought into that because he had already ma made Jaws by that point. And it's a natural successor to Jaws. So here's hoping. Here's hoping. And I don't know. Give us another hero girl. That was awesome. That was really cool. I loved how the short ended but until we start getting uh, more hints at what 
the next Jurassic Park is going to actually be. Well, that's all we have is hope. Make it a monster in the house. And pick a small house. Don't let this be like the US military versus the dinosaurs throughout the country. Don't want that. <laughs> that's not gonna work. The reason the World War Z novel works and the movie didn't is the novel tells a series of up-close, intimate stories. The movie tries to tell a global-spanning action-adventure tale, again forgetting that it's horror. Remember, for something to truly be scary, the stakes have to be real and they have to be felt. If you don't feel the danger, it's not horror. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you enjoyed the Battle of Big Rock. It was so cool! If you haven't already, please, and you like this episode, please take a moment to rate it in whatever app you listen to me on. It really does help out a lot. If you have a dollar, you can pass my way. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the Community Support tab. The difference between the two is people on Patreon occasionally get stuff. If you don't have any money right now, or you don't feel like giving, that's fine. But, uh, you know, if you know somebody that might like this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out immensely. I want to thank all of my patrons for your support and for everybody who shares the podcast. Your, your support means the world to me. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I'm C.E. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. I'm really excited because I finally have stuff going up over at World Anvil, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.